Hey everyone, welcome to the Doodle Kisses podcast. This is a supplemental episode where I just start talking and there's no intro music or anything else. I just kind of do it um, when I'm inspired. My name is Adina and I'm the host of the Doodle Kisses podcast. So I wanted to talk to you guys today about something important. Many of you have noticed that my posts on Doodle Kisses, um, the Facebook page, have changed over the years. I've gone from gushing about doodles and everyone should have a doodle to myth busting about doodles. Okay, so I was never super zealous about everyone having doodles, um, but you catch my drift. I was far more obviously pro doodles than I am now. And this is somehow translating to people as they read my posts as doodle hate or hating on doodles or putting down doodles. Um, And so I wanted to talk about this because hate is a really strong word that I do not identify with when it comes to my feelings toward doodles. The definition of hate is an intense and passionate dislike. Nope, not my feelings at all toward doodles. What I do hate is incorrect thinking, myths, bad information, irresponsible breeding, and irresponsible dog ownership. There are breeds out there that I would never want, but I can't think of a single breed that I hate, and certainly not poodle mixes. I have a poodle. I've had doodles and I have a doodle. I don't hate them. There's nothing personal between me and um, poodle mixes. And I will likely have a rescue doodle in the future if the right one comes along. My latest post that got a ton of heat was about how breeding a poodle to another breed doesn't magically create a unified standard doodle breed that is all the same or magic. Does that mean your doodle isn't magic to you? No. You can think any wonderful thoughts about your personal dogs, and those thoughts are probably true. Every person's dog is majestic and special to the people who love them. And that's true of other breeds and other mixed breeds and mutts on the earth. If they have a person who loves them, they are magic to that person, and that's a personal relationship thing. That's not facts about a breed or facts about a mix. When I post, I post to the masses, and my goal is to always spread correct information. And there are things about the culture or in the culture of doodles I do have a passionate dislike of, and that through the years, seeing things from the inside, from the outside, through the eyes of my friends in rescue, etc., I've grown to hate these things because they're fueled by misinformation um, or ignorance. And that's always harmful to dogs and to owners. Because if we have incorrect information, we're going to make poor choices. I am about 15 years into the world of doodles, and not just with my own dogs, but as, um, you know, hosting doodlekisses.com and being involved in discussions there and on Facebook and with people who own doodles and hosting romps. And, you know, it's not just like I'm a person who's had doodles. I have been highly involved in the world of doodles. Um, So 15 years into it, I'm still floored when somebody pays big bucks, $2,000, $3,000, $4,000 for a dog that isn't actually going to be what they think it will. They have this image in their mind of what a doodle is. They maybe didn't even consider whether they should get a certain kind of doodle or what the breeds in the mix are. They just know doodles are this way or they believe it. You know, they pay big bucks when they don't realize they're 
non-shedding doodle actually has an open face and it's going to shed. They've never heard of furnishings. Like there's all these things that people don't know still (laughs) to this day. Um, And old myths that I thought were debunked long ago that people still, you know, believe. Or when somebody buys a mini and that mini grows to be 50 pounds. Does this mean the person shouldn't love their dog? Of course not. We all, some, you know, even with our family, with kids, we might expect our kids to have certain qualities and then they're, you know, more um, stubborn than we expect or they have a hard time learning or, you know, they have an illness. We didn't expect this when we have kids, but it happens. We don't stop loving them. This isn't about like, oh, you got a terrible dog. It's more like you are... Buying a purposely bred dog with expectations and you're spending a ton of money. So isn't it better to go into it educated? So let's change what the education is. So what it means is that I want to do better at educating the public because why spend two grand, four grand on a thing and get something totally different? So yes, I want to be clear. I don't think dogs are things, but when you're making a purchase, you are purchasing an expectation, right? And so I want people to know what they're getting into. If someone wanted to buy a German Shepherd dog, that's a whole other thing in itself, right? They should know what to expect with a German Shepherd dog. They shouldn't expect a Labrador, right? They're going to be disappointed. They're going to have a hard time. Um, People see Belgian Malinois on TV or on YouTube or you know, TikTok that do all these cool tricks and are so smart and amazingly trained. And they're like, wow, that dog is beautiful. I want a dog like that. But the reality of owning a Mali is totally different. (laughs) The amount of work they take is totally different than what it seems by watching them a well-trained one. Anyway, I'm going on a, I'm digressing. This stuff is still happening. These myths are still out there. Irresponsible breeders are proliferating and are still making 10 to 40,000 per litter. I'm not against making money for doing good things. More power to good businesses for producing quality things, dogs or objects. But irresponsible breeders are making this kind of money per little litter. People are still buying from puppy mills or online brokers. Many of you who've been a member of Doodle Kisses in one form or another for over the years, you've known, you know, how to not buy from a puppy mill, how to avoid these things for years, but it's still happening, which just baffles me. Doodles are still getting shaved down at the groomer after weeks of mats because owners didn't know how to care for their coat and their breeder didn't tell them anything. You know, they, they bought this dog that they think is just out of the box and perfect. Doodles are getting rehomed due to false expectations and poor management by people who probably weren't prepared for a dog. Um, Breeders are selling puppies to buyers who shouldn't have dogs, period. I see it all the time. People who have tons of small children at home and aren't going to have the mental space and resources of time and energy to deal with what a puppy is actually like. And if you have multiple small children at home and you have lots of dogs and you do great, more power to you. I'm saying this stuff happens. Um, you know, selling puppies to buyers who have never had a dog before, have no idea what to do, maybe are in the military and constantly traveling and have to leave the country or, you know, young couples who maybe don't have children yet, but are going to have children. And then suddenly they have a child and they don't have time for the dog. Like they, 
a good breeder is so careful in screening buyers. People are not training their doodles, and yet they want quick fixes. I see it all the time. My 10-month-old keeps jumping on everybody. And then, you know, the reality is they've never been to a training class. They have no sit-stay. And I and they're expecting this problem to be fixed, but they've put zero effort into getting that dog to a place where it's going to be well-behaved. Or they want to just, I just don't want my dog to pull, but I don't want to do all this other training stuff. It feels really disheartening. It makes me sad. It makes me sad for the dog who's not living their best life because they're constantly getting in trouble. Um, and doesn't have, they don't have freedom to have fun because they pull everywhere and bark at other dogs. Um, and people go into dog ownership thinking that somehow, um, it's going to be really easy and they don't have to do anything because they grew up with golden retrievers who never had training and always came when called. Like that's such an unrealistic expectation of a dog. There are those unicorn dogs out there who literally have never been trained and you just say things to them and they do it, but that's really rare. Um, I was listening to this TikTok from a trainer. I feel funny saying TikTok because I feel too old to be going on TikTok. But anyways, there's good things on all the social media platforms and they're stupid things. But anyway, this one trainer brought up a really good point. I may have shared it on the Doodle Kisses Facebook page about how people just expect way more out of a puppy than they do out of human children. Um, so we, you know, humans live to 80 some years and we spend like 12 years of our life or more if, if there's college involved in education and learning. <laughs> and we, and a lot of people take their puppy to a six-week puppy class, and then they're done. And then they're like, why is my, my puppy was trained? How come it's acting crazy? Well, it just takes so much more training than a six-week puppy class. And nobody seems to um, hear that or accept it or, or learn about it. Sometimes it really feels pointless to even try. Like all the posts I put out there to educate, I feel like they land on they are preaching to the choir and the people who need this information are not getting it. And I'm not savvy enough in social media and I don't know how to do TikTok and Instagram exhausts me. So I, maybe it's my fault because I'm not going on the right platforms, but sometimes it really does feel pointless to even try. And then other times I feel like a renewed desire to educate doodle owners and want to be doodle owners, not because I know everything, but I know some things that are helpful. I want to spread accurate information and really beg and implore people to speak correctly about this mix that they profess to love. Give good information. Um, don't oversell doodles. Even if your dog, your doodle is just perfect, remember that it is one outcome of breeding that particular poodle stud to that particular whatever the female was, let's say golden doodle, golden retriever. Your puppy is one out of six or more in a litter from that particular breeding. The other puppies in the litter might be crazy or they might be similar or they might be in between, but someone else buying from a different breeder with two different parents is not going to get a replica of your dog. So even if you have a perfect doodle, literally perfect and easy to train, Remember that that is one out of a lot. <laughs> if you or someone you know has lots of children, let's say they have six children, 11 children, you know that each one of their children is not a replica of the other. 
unless they had, you know, quintuplets or something. <laughs> but if you have siblings, you know that your siblings are not replicas of you. They came from the same parent. One of your siblings might be amazing at athletics or math, and you might be totally not into that and more artistic. Some Maybe your mom has a great voice and your dad can't, you know, sing a tune for the life of him. Genetics aren't going to create replicas. <laughs> so that's what I just want to really drill that down. And it has, this isn't me hating doodles. It's just like, let's be real about what can happen. <sighs> so you also may know that I now have a standard poodle in addition to Boca, my Labradoodle, which might make you think that I'm out there just like pushing poodles on people. And I'm, I'm not. The only time I suggest, hey, maybe consider getting a poodle is when someone is listing qualities that they want in a dog and the poodle is a great match. There are hundreds of breeds out there and not all of them are right for everyone. So if you want a guaranteed non-shedding dog, get a poodle. They come in literally every size and you will get exactly what you paid for, provided you find a responsible poodle breeder and you meet the parents and you have a general idea of the kind of um, level of energy you might be getting. And the breeder does temperament testing and so you can help, she can help you pick your dog so it's a good match. Um, you're not going to buy a miniature poodle that grows to 60 pounds and you're not going to get a standard poodle that accidentally sheds. These are just not going to happen you know what you're going to get with the poodle. There's a reason that breeds came to be because people decided, ooh, we want certain characteristics and they worked to breed toward those characteristics over decades. And those exist strongest in pure breed dogs, having like set characteristics. Whereas the term doodle is very broad in meaning, it's very vague and it's very indistinct. I guess those are all synonyms. <laughs> um, a doodle can mean an Afghan mixed with a poodle. It can mean a German Shepherd mixed with a poodle. It can mean uh, a Maltese mixed with a poodle now, right? Like totally different breed mixes. It's not actually referring to an actual breed with a standard. It means literally anything mixed with a poodle. And so that list of common doodles is growing. There's more and more kinds of poodle mixes. Working dogs mixed with poodles, sporting breeds mixed with poodles, non-sporting breeds, guardian breeds mixed with poodles. So when we say doodle, it doesn't mean a set type of dog, except that we now, that we know it was mixed with a poodle. So expecting every doodle to be the same because it's got a poodle in it is like a woman expecting her 15 grandkids to all be 5'8", blonde-haired, piano prodigies, prodigies because her own mother was that, right? Like it just doesn't work that way. And speaking of which, if all doodles are so fabulous, wouldn't their common fabulous characteristic be the poodle? That's the thing they literally all have in common. So seriously, if a pyridoodle and a sheepadoodle and a golden doodle and a nasi doodle and a burning doodle and a labradoodle are, are all equally cool in the same ways, how is that remotely logical, logically possible unless that poodle breed is also pretty darn cool? Does that make sense? If all the doodles are amazing, then the poodle would have to be pretty cool because it's in all of them. So to speak of doodle hate without recognizing the pervading poodle hate is extremely hypocritical. And I really want to address this. How do you think poodle people have felt the last 15 years or so of poodle bashing from doodle people? Poodle bashing when their favorite mix is dependent on the poodle to exist. 
you've probably seen or heard, um, things like this. We wanted a non-shedding dog, but my husband hates poodles. Hates? Hates poodles? But using the poodle to make the doodle is somehow okay? Hmm. Or, this isn't actually a quote, but it's in my imagination. (laughs) Hey, champion poodle breeder, we hate your breed. (laughs) It's so ugly and frou-frou. But can we use your stud to make some doodles? I don't know if anyone has actually said that, but it's like the the culture. It's like the underlying theme. Um, And isn't that terribly hypocritical? Why would you want to include a dog you would never have or want in a breed that you do want to have? Sheepdogs, Old English sheepdogs, have been wildly unpopular until sheepadoodles came along. There are probably more sheepadoodles today than there are sheepdogs, to be honest. Why is that? It's not because of sheepdog love. It's not because people, um, and it's not because of poodle love, right? Like people aren't getting sheepadoodles because they love poodles or because they love sheepdogs. I can guarantee you that with a few exceptions of people who really want those two specific breeds, the vast majority of sheepadoodle interest is totally because of the coat, color, and markings. They are unique patterns and that are adorable and thus a boom in popularity. Because you really can't convince me hundreds and hundreds of people have suddenly gotten into loving sheepdogs. Um, but turn to the doodle version, you know, just for the sake of non-shedding. There's literally like sheepdogs, hardly anyone had them <laughs> until sheepadoodles came along. Um, and I've, you know, I just haven't heard anyone who gets a sheep, who ends up with a sheep doodle say, I'm looking for a herding dog. <laughs> it's just so rare. There was, there is one doodle kisses follower who mentioned that. And when I said something about sheep dogs or sheep doodles, who's like, no, no, I wanted those, that drive and that characteristic because I want to do, you know, certain dog sports. And that makes sense. But most People who buy sheep doodles, they're like, oh, cute black and white dog, knowing little, little to nothing about the actual breeds in them. So if you are one of those rare individuals who is seeking the sheep dog qualities, great. But the sudden surge of interest is not for that reason. We also hear things like this all the time in just about every doodle group about what people say to groomers. Don't make my doodle look like a poodle. There are dozens of hairstyles that poodles can have. Um, So please don't sound like poodles are these horribly looking dogs. It's not kind. And your dog is that your doodle is at least 50% poodle with all the F1Bs and F1BBs out there now. That's like 75 to 87%. At that level of percentage, um, most doodles will be indistinguishable from a poodle as a puppy. The criticism extends to Foo-foo, hyper, yappy, whiny, standoffish, aloof. Can't even think of all the terms that people have used to describe what they think poodles are like, right? So all these terrible um, stereotypes of poodles, and yet somehow poodles are okay to use in a doodle? If they were foo-foo, hyper, whiny, yappy, standoffish, and aloof, your doodle's going to get some of those characteristics, just kind of how genetics works. Um, In essence, what many doodle people are saying is, we hate this breed, but let's use it to get non-shedding coats. And of course, 
the coats aren't always non-shedding. So doesn't that leave you wondering if poodles are all these terrible things, why in the world would you want a dog that is half or more poodle? There's no magic in doodle breeding where you can only select the non-shedding genes and somehow not the temperament. Also, how many well-bred poodles have you actually met? And that's really important that you think about if do you know this dog was well-bred because breeding matters. The first poodles I met were kind of aloof and kind of spooky and reactive. And so it didn't leave a you know good impression on me. Um, none of those were well-bred that I knew of. But since then, I've met many more and they're not typically that way. There are some poodles that are a little more reserved, so to speak. Like they have to, they have are a little more like, hmm, let me see if I like you. Um, and that's okay. That's one way a dog can be. I have met my standard poodle's mom, aunt, grandma, and an uncle, and they were all normal, friendly dogs. His uncle practically like threw himself into the arms and lap of one of the my fellow puppy buyers. She was crouched down visiting the puppies, and he was like, I love you. Let me throw my head back and get petted by you. Not aloof in the slightest. My standard poodle, Milo, is also super friendly. He's the most excited to meet people guy I've ever had. Like he, if anyone comes through our backyard, he like gets so amped up and starts doing laps of excitement around the yard to a fault. He's also a super loud alert dog. Very sweet, lays around the house like a lazy bum, but can wind himself up to hyper faster than anything. He's friendly, he's affectionate, he's silly and goofy, he lays in the doodle pose, and sometimes he looks like a person to me. Um, sound familiar? Sound like any doodles you know? Yeah, because doodles are part poodle. I promise you that if a litter of poodle puppies did not have their faces shaved, you would not be able to clearly distinguish them from a litter of F1Bs or F1BBs. Maybe somebody who really knew poodles would, but the average potential doodle buyer would not be able to tell the difference. So my point here isn't to sing the praises of poodles or um, it's just to set some realistic expectations about doodles, about poodles, and to break down the many myths surrounding these dogs. You can love doodles and be honest about what's going on in the world of doodles. You can love doodles and wish that fewer people were breeding them considering the vast majority are not breeding responsibly. You can love doodles and hate myths about doodles. You can love doodles and admit that a lot of, a lot of them are poorly bred. That means nothing about your dogs. None of my doodles were well-bred and I love them to death and they're fabulous and it will never change how I feel about them in a positive, I mean, I feel good about them. But I would rather not have a doodle than to pay a breeder for poor breeding. And I think too many people feel a sense of entitlement to this breed mix. They are willing to bargain hunt or settle because they need a doodle. And if and when the right doodle comes through rescue and is a good fit, I might have another one, but I'm never going to reward poor breeding practices. Just how I feel about it. You can be critical of something and still love it. Being honest and trying to raise the bar of breeding of beliefs of information is not hate. And yet, I know many of you have gotten some hate from what you might call breed snobs. It sucks to feel like people are discounting your wonderful dog who has your whole heart. It can hurt. I have never been too bothered by it. And I think it's because I have owned my doodle choice. I have owned my doodles proudly. 
I've joined our local AKC club, which you would expect, you know, oh, breed snobs. I could never, you know, be around that. And I would show up to meetings with my Labradoodles and participate. I simply didn't let other people's opinions of my chosen dogs bother me because I didn't get the dogs for them. I got them for me. And I trained my dogs so that they were good representatives and let people think what they wanted to think. Also, other members' personal thoughts were none of my business, and nobody ever said a mean word to me about my doodles. They were always very nice to me and nice to my dogs. There are people that greatly dislike doodles, but I really don't think you can call it hate of the dog itself. They can hate lots of things about doodles, but I don't think they hate your dog. They don't wish it ill. They don't want it to be hurt. They just... It's an idea. They hate the idea of purposely mixing breeds. They see the fallout, the bad breeding, which really is more common than good breeding in every breed. The groomers see the matting. Trainers see the great variety of temperaments, good and bad. People see the trend and fad side of it. They see the prices that don't match the pedigrees or breeding, and they do hate the idea of breeding doodles. They see all the problems. They are against breeding doodles and all that is missing in doodle breeding. That's not personal, though. They aren't planning anti-doodle legislation. They don't hate your personal dog. They don't um, have strong, they just have strong opinions about doodles as a concept, as an idea. What many of us who are disgruntled about the culture of doodles is how bad the breeding is. And... The weird thing is, is that backyard breeding 15 years ago was very different than backyard breeding is now. Backyard breeding looks a lot like okay breeding now, (laughs) Um, but it's still not quite there. Uh, Most people who have never gotten a dog from a breeder and are not familiar with what the highest standards are, aren't going to notice the details, but there's a big gap between puppy mill and excellent breeder. It's not just one or the other. It's not either a puppy mill or a great breeder. There are lots of less than great breeders out there who are not outright mills. Um, They might be really wonderful people in other ways. They might be leaders in their community. They might be kind. They might be wonderful parents and all sorts of good qualities, but they shouldn't be breeding dogs. Um, Some have gorgeous websites and beautiful darling puppies, and they might have a gorgeous property, um, just a huge property, and all their kennels are immaculate. But then you look at their actual breeding program, and you see a lot of red flags if you know what to look for. There might be inadequate health testing. So nowadays, almost every backyard breeder does DNA testing. Uh, There's almost nobody that does not, which can make it really, really tricky to identify who is actually good. And right now, I see that my computer, the battery is low, so I have to plug in real quick. Okay, we're safe. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's really hard to tell because almost every doodle breeder is doing DNA testing. You know why? It's super cheap, and you can do it on a dog as a puppy because the genetics don't change. Um, So there's not a lot of high entry cost to doing it. And a lot of breeders will say genetic tested and cleared. Now, if you hear genetic tested and cleared as a new, new to doodles, new to puppy buying, 
you're probably going to think, oh, these dogs have no health issues. They're perfect. They're they're safe. They're healthy. They're going to be fine. But the thing with DNA testing is there's like 160, 170 genetic diseases they test for. Only like a handful of those are really pertinent to doodles. The rest of them just are super rare and not common to the breeds in the mix. So it can look like, wow, 160, 170 diseases are cleared. My dog is guaranteed to be healthy. There's also like another handful of common doodle issues that there's no DNA test for. Absolutely impossible to test the genetics. And the only way someone would have a strong guarantee that their dog is not going to get that is to buy from a breeder who knows about those and knows the pedigree and lines behind those parents and knows that there's none of those in the lines. Now, even in a pure breed and someone who knows the lines very well, some things, sometimes things crop up. You didn't know it was in there. Um, but for the most part, like DNA testing is bottom of the barrel. That's a low standard. It is not enough. I wasn't even going to talk about this point as much as I am, but since I'm here. So you really want full health testing. Yes to DNA testing, but also um, these dogs need to be at least two years old to have their hips cleared. So if someone's breeding a year old dog, a year and a half old dog, run, don't walk. These breeders are way too in a hurry to breed their dogs. That's not quality breeding. Plus males, males can breed for years longer than females. So there's no reason except greed and being rushed to make a buck to breed a one-year-old male. Absolutely no reason. So be really careful. Um, Anyway, there's other tests. I've done podcasts on the kind of health testing. So I'll leave it at that and link to that in the show notes. Other red flags might be no way to meet the parents. With COVID, everybody can say like, due to COVID, we can't have you come to our property. And Really, these people weren't letting people come to their property before that. Um, There's lots of excuses backyard breeders might make. Or even large commercial breeders. They have more dogs there, so they're going to be less likely to let people come in. But when I was searching for a poodle from reputable uh, breeders, not a single one objected to me coming by. Not a single one. They were happy to have me. So... It really bothers me when this is a trend that seems to be limited to doodles. Why? Why are doodle breeders so much more careful, so to speak? Why are they so much worried about disease and all this other stuff when for the last century, pure breed breeders have never had a problem with people coming to their home to say, hey, let me meet the dam of this litter. Um, Other red flags are very little expectations of the buyers constantly advertising because they are a business pumping out litters all year long. Again, lots more red flags, but um, be careful. Just recently, I was talking with a friend in Doodle Rescue, and they recently got in a Sheba Doodle that was relinquished due to aggression, I guess. This dog was with the foster family for about two weeks, didn't show any aggression, um, but apparently this Doodle's energy was through the roof, insanely high energy. And my friend in rescue also visited and was able to see like this dog is pretty a healthy temperament. It just needs work. Like it's 
begging for a job. It's begging for obedience. It's begging for the humans to give it something to do with all its energy. So this Sheba Doodle that's in rescue is not suitable for almost any typical doodle owner who wants a couch cuddling teddy bear. This dog needs a home with someone who actively trains for sports. This and the breeder that it came from has been completely non-responsive. And I visited this breeder's website and everything looks so pretty. Gorgeous farm, immaculate property. Um, they raise all these other farm animals and everything's pretty and clean, right? Like not a puppy mill because the dogs aren't living in filth, but they're also not responsible breeders. <laughs> they're they're raising doodle puppies the way someone would raise chickens. Like you sell the chicken and you're done. Like you're not going to be guaranteeing all these things. Um but they don't give a rat's patootie about dogs they've bred. Another buyer um, also tried to reach out to them about their dog and their problems. No response. They sell like five different mixes of dogs, mixes that make no sense at all um, as the way they're advertised. But this is all glossed over. Every single breed mix they sell, they state easy to train. Um, Again, anybody who knows anything about the breeds in the mix knows that these dogs are not appropriate for the intended purposes and are not necessarily easy to train. The easiest train, easiest to train dog is really a dumb golden retriever. <laughs> um, and I, less smart but not completely stupid dogs tend to be easier to train. And I have a friend who used to work for Guide Dogs of America. I think that's the one. Um, And in her experience there, the less smart Labradors were a lot better guide dogs and easier to train. Um, Just because they have that nice temperament, but they're not so smart (laughs) that they're going to try to do things their own way. Smart poodle mixes are not easy. They catch on fast, but that doesn't mean they're going to be as compliant. So they still need a lot of work and training. So people who have no business owning a herding breed are purchasing Aussie doodles and then having to rehome them in their first year because they realize, oops, this dog is like an Australian shepherd. You think? You think mixing it with a poodle will somehow remove the Australian shepherd tendencies from the other side? How do you think mixes get their characteristics. There is no magic in doodle genes that emerge simply by adding in a poodle. And that is basically what I said in that post that people called hateful. Um, are some Aussie doodles going to be less herdy and less wild? Sure. But you would you expect non-shedding from the poodle but not herding tendencies from the Aussie? Breeders can't choose which genes each puppy will get. It just doesn't work that way. But this sheep doodle story and the Aussie doodle stories out there are not that unique. I see this over and over and over and over. I see false information on doodle websites more often than I see accurate information. I see breeders post photos of dogs in matted coats. They're obviously matted. They just look scruffy to someone who doesn't know what a doodle coat should look like. Or the dogs are shaved down because they're not really being cared for um, by the breeder. And you know what? I have friends in rescue and I've seen photos of some crummy conditions in breeder yards while the photos on the websites remain gorgeous. So it can go one of two ways. You can have a total smoke and mirrors website where everything looks lovely and the reality is it's grim. Or you can have backyard breeders who are not ashamed to post terrible, ugly photos of their dogs that, you know, 
So it can go either way. Um, I see photos on breeders' websites where the only photos of the parent breeding dogs are ones where the breeding dogs are being held in place. You see the people's hands. You see a tight leash holding them in steady because they were never even trained to hold a sit-stay for a few seconds. How is someone breeding dogs they have no control over? That's not responsible breeding. Breeding should be done because you're an expert in the breed or mix and you know dog and you care enough to make your dogs into good citizens who can hold a sit-stay for three seconds to take a picture. So you got to wonder if these breeders are breeding dogs that live out on the farm and get no training, why would you want to support that? I sure don't. It's rare to find a breeder that breeds doodles well, and I'm not going to say it's zero because I think there are like a handful or less of really good doodle breeders out there, or at least who have really good intentions and are trying to do an excellent job. The thing is anyone can get a great doodle dog, even from a horrible breeder, because dogs, again, they're not manufactured items that come off of an assembly belt, like replicas. So it's possible to get a good, lovable dog from a bad breeder. That doesn't make the breeder good. It makes you lucky. And in some local doodle groups, and anytime someone asks about finding a puppy, there's dozens of breeders that post about their litters. You know, someone will be like, I want a cream golden doodle that's medium size. Anyone have litters? And then just like one after another after another. These are just everyday folks who are trying their hand at breeding. 99% of these people have never owned a poodle and don't know much about their history, which lines are good or bad or mediocre. Their breeding female is the first doodle they've ever had. They do minimal testing and have no real goals, except let's make some puppies. Or it's people who think their male dog is so cute and are asking about, how do I stud my dog out? <laughs> how do I list myself, list my dog as a stud? Um, and what asking price should I give? You know, like no experience with doodles in the past. They literally just got their first dog. They have no idea about structure, about genetics. Like they're just jumping into it. And it, it bothers me because I'm somebody who likes to really understand something that I'm about to do and read about it and ask other experts before I jump in. This is just not how good breeders get started. In any other breed, good breeders begin by getting involved in the breed, going to shows, learning the climate of the breed and who is who and what lines are good and what health issues to look out for. They learn about the proper structure of the breed. What is the poodle supposed to be shaped like for best function of its body? What is the Labrador supposed to be shaped like? Um, and they buy a dog for the purpose of breeding from another excellent breeder who has carefully selected that puppy to sell for breeding because it has the proper structure and the proper temperament to be a good representative for that breed. They don't get a dog as a pet and then think, oh, my dog's so lovely, I should breed it. No, it does not work that way. That is not responsible. Instead, like I said, with doodles, someone gets their first dog, they fall in love, they know nothing about it, and then they ask in a group, how do I breed my dog or what should I do? And that's like, it's too late. <laughs> you should enjoy this pet, spay or neuter it, and then, as you get to know the breed, research good breeders and get a breeding dog and talk to that breeder and get mentored. Don't ask in a pet owner's group how you should breed your dog. That's just irresponsible. My poodle breeder held back 
one male and one female from Milo's litter as breeding prospects show prospects. About four to five months in, she realized, eh, something's not quite right in this female's leg structure. Nothing was wrong. Like it wouldn't, it wasn't, the dog wasn't defective. There was no issue. It just, she chose not to breed it. Um, It wasn't, she wasn't a good, great example for breeding. She had the right attitude and temperament and the rest of her was very nice, but her legs were slightly, front legs were slightly turned out and more than is correct for a proper poodle. So not breeding a dog that is obviously incorrect is responsible. You don't just breed your dog, you breed the best. And of course, no dog is perfect, um, but breeding requires honesty about the pros and cons of your dog. It can't just be, I love her. She's so sweet. Everyone needs her puppies. I have seen so many parent dogs on breeder websites who have awful structure. (laughs) Poodles that are being used that are just horrible examples of poodles. Poodles with backyard breeder or high volume breeder pedigrees that anyone, anyone who knows about poodles would look at that dog's pedigree and go, oh gosh, she's from like a backyard breeder or this dog is clearly not from quality breeding because they see the lines they come from and they know what those breeders are doing, such as just pumping out puppies and pumping out puppies. (sighs) The best poodles are not currently being used in doodles, but most buyers wouldn't notice this because they don't know enough about pedigrees. And I can't say that I know that much either, and I'm learning. And you know what? None of what I've just said makes your doodle a bad dog or a dog to be scorned. You should value and love and cherish your dog no matter where it came from because it belongs to you. It's your dog. Everyone's dog is the best dog ever because it's their dog. Just like everyone's child is the best child ever because it's your child. That still doesn't mean that what's happening in doodles is good or ideal. And that's what I keep speaking about and rambling on about. I want people to raise their standards and stop buying from breeders who aren't doing things to high standards. And if that means you have to hold off and not buy a puppy yet, do it. It's okay. If we do this, then the reputation of doodles would start to be less bad and maybe even become okay and good. I think we also have to be clear on when an opinion is against you personally and when an opinion is against an idea. You can disagree with someone on an idea or a topic and have strong, deeply held opinions and not hate the person who thinks differently or their dog. Because you know what? We all come to our own opinions from our own life experiences, how we see the world, our personality, our education, our religion, our political philosophy. Like we come to our opinions honestly. And your opinion on certain things might be vastly different than mine, but I haven't lived in your shoes and you haven't lived in mine. So back to my original post that started this long, long diatribe. Sometimes reading something and hearing something is different, and I want to try to re-explain what I mean so you can hear my tone and know I'm not saying it with a sneer. The point of what I was saying is that whatever qualities any dog has comes from the breeds involved in breeding that dog. Bird dogs have birding traits because they are bred from other birding dogs. Livestock guardian breeds have their traits because that's how they were bred. Herding dogs have herding traits because of the decades of breeding those traits into that breed, and so on. So simply slapping the label doodle on something doesn't automatically make a dog family-friendly, cuddly, snuggly, good with kids, and all the other things people want in a doodle. 
When there were only labs, goldens, and standard poodles involved in doodles, it was relatively rare to get any kind of aberrant behaviors or temperaments. I mean, it happens sometimes. Um, Although some standards do have strong guard dog instincts. I can tell you Milo is the loudest barker at everything. Um, But mostly, you know, lab, labradoodles and golden doodles, you only had to deal with maybe crazy high energy levels from some of the bigger sporting breeds or some slightly off breed traits because it's not, you know, uncommon for some of the doodle parents maybe weren't the right standard for their breed. You have to look at the qualities and temperaments of the specific breeds that are involved and not just lump all poodle mixes together as some kind of breed of their own. A Sheepadoodle is not the same as a Labradoodle, which isn't the same as a Bernadoodle, which isn't the same as an Aussie Doodle. They literally cannot be because they come from different breeds of dogs. Um, yet the way people talk about doodles on the internet, it seems like lots of people think a Bernadoodle or a Sheepadoodle is just a multicolored version of a Golden Doodle. And it's not because Goldens are not the same as Sheepdogs. We need to consider the breed characteristics and not just assume that something called Doodle is a whole other being. And that if it is, that has to come from the poodle because that's the only constant. And also, it's really important to point out that miniature poodles, mini poodles, have very different temperaments and energy levels than standards do. So people also need to understand that a mini golden doodle is going to have a different temperament than a standard, even if the same golden retriever mother was used in making those dogs. They might have some crossover, but miniature poodles and standard poodles, despite the fact they're talked about as just smaller or larger versions of the same things, they are not. Over the years, the breedings have changed so that standards are a little less high energy and have a different work ethic than minis. Also, some breeds grow up and mature way more than other breeds. Some breeds are going to be playful and puppy-like when they are five years old. And that's important to know if you're expecting to just get through the first six months and then have a, a mellow adult dog. Others are not. Others mature quickly. You're never going to find, or I hate using never because I'm sure somebody's going to say, my Malamute is very mellow. But you will rarely find an adult Malamute romping and playing with other dogs at a dog, dog park, for example. It's just not what they do. Um, if pit bull doodles became popular, would you expect them to be just like a golden doodle just simply because it has a poodle in it? Um, they literally will be very different, even if they are shaggy and have similar appearance. No doodle is going to have any qualities that are not present in their parents. Every single one of your genes you got from your parents, which they got from their parents. There is no gene you have unless there is a mutation that happened in you that didn't come from your recent ancestors. And talking about this is not hate. It's just being honest about what we can and can't expect from doodles. It's my appeal to all of you doodle lovers or wannabe doodle lovers or people who have questions about doodles to spread correct information. It will help doodles, doodle lovers, and all dogs to raise our standards on what we expect from breeding, buying, and raising of our dogs. This kind of truth is love. 